We have to be a little cautious and careful as a community to not take the bait quick and think that something there is true. If people feel it's an emergency, they need to call the Franklin Police Department, they need to call 911, I appreciate the input. But I just have to convey to the community, be very careful what you're reading on Facebook. There's a lot of hypotheticals, I think Jenna mentioned it a minute ago about the media, and just the headlines that we're seeing nationwide aren't necessarily applying here. It doesn't say there couldn't be an emergency someday. Administrator's report. Uh, through Mr. Chairman, before I uh, get into the migrant housing update, uh, just a quick plug. I know all of you will mention it too, but um, tomorrow, uh, or Friday, excuse me, this week uh, from 2 to 5 o'clock, um, there'll be an open house for those who want to um, wax some nostalgia in Davis Fair. Um, and any interested parties who may be out there thinking about um, you know, any plans for Davis Fair. Um, will be our first open house this Friday from 2 to 5, October 20th, and then we're having a second open house um, on Saturday from 10 to 2. We're going to get some coffee and some uh, light drinks and stuff for folks, and so if anybody wants to come in and um, take a look at the school, uh, and from what I'm told, um, there's actually, for those who are interested in obtaining one of the last remaining desks and chairs from the school, uh, there are uh, some desks and chairs remaining, yeah. and so folks, if they really want a memento, um, can come up. There's not a lot, but there are some, and so if people are interested in a few of the desks and chairs from Davis there, uh, folks can come by the open house, uh, take a peek, have a seat, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, and hopefully have one of the, uh, the last remaining desks and chairs up there, uh, which is great news. Uh, How are we staffing that, Jimmy? Uh, there is going to be so many people there. I don't even know how to count. We will be all be there. I think almost all of the committee members, Council of Pleasure, are going to be there. They won't be both days, but every committee member will will probably be there both days. There will be a police officer there as well, um, uh, assigned for each day, and um, the facilities department will also be there. Um, we will just want to make sure that we custodian as well have properly staffed. Sure. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, we bring them. <laughs> I just hope there's not more. I hope people come because I don't want more staff there than, than people out. So, um, we expect a little bit more of a crowd hopefully on Saturday morning. So hope people okay. come by and say hi. And um, we're hoping for a lot of conversation. Hopefully people come up there and get educated. And we're going to have a sheet for sign-ins and also for ideas. So I mean, no consular plagiary. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a few minutes. Uh, on the migrant housing update, um, just to go through some of the numbers, 89 of the rooms uh, of the 100 are filled. Um, we have just under 300 uh, individuals, uh, uh, people that are uh, living up there now, uh, roughly around 60 or so school-aged children. Uh, some of those children have arrived recently. They are not enrolled in school yet. Uh, the superintendent and Paul Morano and Tina, the assistant superintendent and their staff, um, have been working uh, exceptional amount of hours to um, deal with all the vaccination re relative requirements and background checks or whatever else they have to do to enroll kids. Um, and, uh, and so they're working around the clock doing that and I, I just can't say enough about uh, how incredible our school district has been um, to be on site at the hotel uh, in a common space going through all of the regulatory stuff that they're required to. And, 
I get this question very often, I think all of you do, um, are the uh, children of the migrant families susceptible to the same um, requirements as all other children? I think you guys get that, and the uh, short answer is yes. Mm -hmm. um, all of those children are going through the same protocols um, as every other uh, child in Franklin would go through to register for school. So um, we expect by the end of the month that the uh, hotel will be full at the uh, 100 rooms. Uh, we don't know uh, when those folks may or may not arrive, but I think at this point it's safe to say that we'll be up around 300 folks, uh, about 60 to 65 school-age children, and uh, we'll wait for that. Um, also, a couple notes, uh, DPH did arrive. Um, I will, uh, in a gas, say finally. Um, they've been on site for about three or four days. They've linked up with some of the service <coughs> providers like Jen, but most importantly, they've also been in touch with the Board of Health and our public health nurse um, and working on that. Uh, it's been great to see them. Um, uh, you know, Better late than never, um, but they've certainly been adding a lot of value down there and trying to work with um, infectious disease issues and all those types of things. Uh, at the state level, it's been great to have a contact in uh, a state agency. Um, I continue to uh, be uh, blown away and amazed at the generosity of the community. Um, I don't think anybody should be shocked. Uh, Amy and I are familiar, as sad as this will sound, and I will not name other communities. Um, there are some communities that are literally doing nothing, uh, which is heartbreaking. And there are some communities who have chosen to say this is the federal government's problem. Towns here, right? In Massachusetts, near us, who have said this is a federal problem and we're doing nothing. Some people have said this is a state problem now and we're doing nothing, okay? When I mean nothing, I mean nothing. Proactively suggesting that the town government or other folks in communities will just sit back and say that's someone else's problem. Uh, I'm sorry if my face is getting red. <laughs> Uh, that to me is is frightening um, and uh, and terrible, um, but that's not the situation here. Um, and we're very grateful for Jen's leadership, uh, the Interfaith Coalition, um, uh, all of the members, but certainly St. Mary's, uh, the Methodist Church, the Federated Church, all are doing laundry, clothes drives, uh, providing the essentials for individuals. Um, Last time, I think Councilor Irvin was just talking, um, this was, uh, Safe Coalition was an organization around substance abuse, um, but um, to show the kind of fabric that we have and the leadership in this community, um, when an organization has a few folks that speak a different language and they're volunteers for an organization, they're gonna step up and go in and help out. And that has been an invaluable service for those families, um, uh, as well as trying to connect them um, to resources and feeling integrated and comfortable within the community. Um, I also want to just give a shout out to Fish uh, for jumping in recently. Um, the Franklin Food Pantry has been helping out. Um, there are, the YMCA has been on our calls, as everybody would expect. Scott's been incredible, just the whole staff. Um, and obviously our staff, uh, the Board of Health, Alicia, Casilla, Kathy, the Franklin Public Library, the Franklin Schools, Police, Fire, um, Everybody is banded together. Um, we know the federal government has dropped the ball on this. We know the state government has it's been a little bit of a sloppy rollout, to say the least. Um, but I think uh, we should all feel very grateful that we live in uh, Massachusetts, that we don't have these problems that other towns or other states have. Um, and I would just uh, end by saying, um, you know, I just want to thank again the community for not overreacting 
um, and doing too much. And I think one thing that I said recently um, at another council at another council meeting where Jen was not here, <laughs> where we don't want to lose her. Um, but if the governor uh, Healy was listening, which I doubt she is, but if she was, um, hire her. Right. Um, because uh, she'll get the train back on the tracks. One of the most fascinating things to me was being in El Paso recently and also being in a conference and listening to local officials from Texas, Arizona, and California about what to do and what not to do. Um, somehow she knows all of that. Um, and I can't find many people in Massachusetts who, who literally know and Jen addressed it, which is why I'm bringing it up, assess the individual's needs. Don't theorize or, 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 or think of what we may want and project that on other people, but go up and ask them. I mean, you can't just go do a clothing drive and fill the hotel with clothes. You're gonna have fire hazards, you're gonna have a whole bunch of other health-related and sanitary issues. Um, so the community has done a phenomenal job organizing and assessing, uh, which has been a big priority for Amy and myself, assess the needs of the individuals who are living there and connecting with them to try to bring those connections forward. Um, and uh, I really mean it. Um, I learned a lot in Texas, um, and, uh, and when coming home, to know that there are members of the community like Jen that already have that deep well of knowledge on how to handle humanitarian issues um, is just incredibly valuable. So. Um, uh, regarding also public safety, um, you know, this is not, I think Jim Johnson wrote a letter to the Observer today and, and um, the Observer had published some public uh, safety calls. Um, that data is real, that is from the MEC, uh, but that data does not mean that 55 calls were all emergencies. Um, the vast majority of those calls were um, you know, hang-ups, they were not actual real emergencies. Only about a handful to a half a dozen have been emergencies where we've transported folks to hospitals. And the good news is, is the folks that have gone to the hospital uh, are doing well, uh, including a two-month-old infant um, who had contracted uh, flu. Um, and so everybody right now seems to be doing well, which is even better. Than that. So uh, I just want to address one more thing, Mr. Chairman, which is, which is bothering me. Uh, Facebook. Uh, I am getting text messages and screenshots, and I do appreciate it from members of the community. Um, you know, I'm sorry. Um, Facebook is right now batting 0 for 75, okay? Um, no hits. So what we're reading on that is not true. And we are asking, I am asking the chief of police to, res to respond to those screenshots or calls that I'm getting. I can't live with myself if I know of something and I didn't tell anyone. But our officers and our public safety personnel are going over and doing routine check-ins. And I have yet to find one comment on Facebook that I have found to be true. We have to be a little cautious and careful as a community to not take the bait quick and think that something there is true. If people feel it's an emergency, they need to call the Franklin Police Department, they need to call 911, I appreciate the input. But I just have to convey to the community, be very careful what you're reading on Facebook. There's a lot of hypotheticals, I think Jen had mentioned it a minute ago about the media 
and just the headlines that we're seeing nationwide aren't necessarily applying here. It doesn't say there couldn't be an emergency someday. Uh, I just want people to be very cautious about what they're reading because I have yet to find one allegation or one point that is sent to me where the chief called me up afterwards and said, or the fire chief called me up and said, you know what, boss, that was true. Um, none of them have. People should still funnel that information to the police if they see a threat. Um, but I do want to caution people that most of what we're reading out there is, is not true. So um, I appreciate the time, Mr. Chairman, and thank you to the council for giving me a few minutes to walk through all that. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.